this season on more and more every day. Let's do something together every day to be better oral historians. I don't know about you, but I love a daily task, whether it's a writing prompt to get me focused or a quick icebreaker to start class discussion. I love short, easy challenges. That's why this season's 10-minute or so episodes will feature experts, like-minded colleagues, resources, and things I'm learning along the way. But each episode will also end with a prompt, something you and I can do that day to improve our skills as oral historians. I'm your host, Summer Sherland. Let's do this. Welcome back. Today, we are going to talk about technology and oral history. We're going to focus mostly today on the recording side. Believe me when I tell you there are miles of words written about this subject. Some oral historians are very wrapped up in the technological details of oral history, and rightly so. That's because interviews must be recorded and archived in order to be considered oral history. Typically, notes, email exchanges, and memories from a conversation Those don't really constitute as sufficient documentation for traditional oral history. Those kinds of methods are better aligned with more of a journalistic interview approach. The Oral History Association further explains this distinction, quote, an oral history interview generally consists of a well-prepared interviewer questioning an interviewee and recording their exchange in audio or video format. Recordings of the interview are transcribed, summarized, or indexed, and then placed into a library or archives. So how to record this exchange, audio or video? How do we make these decisions? An unbelievable amount of scholarship exists on best practices when it comes to oral history and recording technology. In his groundbreaking book, Doing Oral History, Donald Ritchie addressed questions like where to place the recorder and what happens if the recorder stops while the narrator is talking. Luckily, in today's digital age, we don't need to fret too much about tape recorders and stopping when they run out of time. But in some cases, you may actually only have access to analog recording devices, so maybe you're still thinking about these questions. And moreover, you might be thinking of using your phone as a recording device, so placement of your phone is still a good question, right? If you're recording on your phone, do you turn it into airplane mode? Do you put it next to you or next to the narrator? Do you put it on the coffee table? All kinds of questions that seem small but could have an impact in the end. In 2017, Stephen Selaff pointed out that though tape recorders are part of our field's legacy, we've moved on to a new era of technological advancements for oral history. That's because today we have access to a wide variety of materials for recording and management technology for conducting and storing oral histories. And really, you have to decide for yourself what works best for you. Some oral historians have had great luck recording audio on their phones or tablets, CLAF's list of 21st century options includes digital recorders, smartphones, long-distance recording, and microphones. And in fact, the Texas Oral History Association provides an excellent list of devices that align with CLAF's list of options, and I've linked to their website in the show notes. During COVID-19, some of us were really lucky to have access to web-based recording software like Zoom to conduct and record oral histories. But there are still ethical considerations that you should take into account when doing interviews remotely. In general, at the South Phoenix Oral History Project, we are fortunate enough to have access to a fully functioning TV studio on the South Mountain Community College campus. But that doesn't actually make it any easier on us. And if you think about it, a recording studio is pretty advanced. We need trained technicians to operate the lights, arrange the seating, manage the audio, and conduct the recording. 
The oral historians, the students, aren't really expected to do all of that. They have their own job. They need to focus on asking the questions, making eye contact, paying attention, asking follow-ups, things like that. So this required advanced scheduling and collaboration. For example, we needed to make sure that we had the studio reserved and trained technicians available for every day that we wanted to do an oral history. Lately, we've been conducting most of our oral history interviews using Zoom. That's because we're still living under the restrictions of COVID-19. Zoom records audio and video, which is excellent for our purposes, and I always do a backup on my device using Audacity Audio Recording Studio. The quality isn't as good because Audacity is actually recording through the speaker, so it's hearing it second, so there is a bit of a lag, but honestly, it's a great backup. In the very rare cases where students have conducted an in-person interview on their own, this is usually only when they're interviewing a family member, they can create audio recordings of the conversation on their phones using free software like Voice Recorder. So that's what works for us, and you can see that we have a lot of things to consider. We also need to make sure to address the kinds of recording created in our consent paperwork. So perhaps a narrator is more comfortable with audio recording but not video. We have to take all of that into account when we design our projects. In some cases, recording technology is covered right away. In some cases of training, right, if you were taking a different training, you may have covered this already. Recording technology might be something discussed very early on in the training. There are plenty of books and websites that address how to tape the interview or record the interview up front. But for us, we place a premium on research and preparation as well as contextual awareness, which is why I've left the recording technology episode off until this point. So in the challenge back when I, in, I challenged you to conduct an interview, I just told you to record it. I just mentioned recording it. So now that you know what you know, think back on the following questions. How did you record that interview for that challenge? How did you decide to record that interview? Meaning, what kinds of materials, software, or recording materials did you use? What went well? What not so well? What do you wish you could have known before you conducted that interview about recording? For today's challenge, reflect on those questions, but make a plan for moving forward. So go ahead and grab your notebook and pen and write your answers to these four questions. One, what kind of recording, audio or video, works best for your purposes and why? Two, what kind of recording technology do you already have access to? And what additional technology do you need to get access to and why? Three, who do you need to reach out to for coordination, collaboration, training, or resources? And four, what kind of storage will you need for the recordings as you plan to continue your interviews? Think these things over and share your responses with us at SMCC History, hashtag more and more every day. Tomorrow, we'll talk about technology with regard to storage. See you next time. We want to hear from you. Tell us how you did today at SMCC History. Use the hashtag more and more every day on Instagram and Twitter. Our email is historysouthmountain at gmail.com. And I hope you follow us, write a review, or suggest us to a colleague. More and More Every Day is brought to you by the South Phoenix Oral History Project at South Mountain Community College in partnership with the Southwest Oral History Association. Music by Noah Gattel.